All right, welcome to Polite Company. This is your host, Jane Smith, and I am talking with Vivi Shank, and we're talking about money management in, with millennials. And millennials, millennials, that generation between like 1979, 1980 to 1999, or am I off base there? Yes, you're pretty close. I'm honestly, I honestly don't know the actual okay. birth dates, like years. Yes, but it's it's an age range that that I am catering to. Mm-hmm. Currently, probably between 25, 35. 25 to 35. You know, they, those boundaries keep shifting because I pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm on the, the, the border of millennial. So uh-huh. I, I'm like, okay, am I included as a millennial now or am I still Gen X? <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so then what is it that made you really want to focus on the millennials as a group to really that need attention as far as financial affairs? Yeah, honestly, it was because I just wish that when I was younger, mm-hmm. I would have been exposed to the information that I am sharing today, and I would have avoided a lot of mistakes, a lot of hardship, heartache. And so I guess in a way, it's been driven because of me wanting to make it better to my younger self. That's nice. Yeah. I understand that very well. Yes. I I do that with some things as well. Um, So can you tell me what, if it's not too personal or too sensitive, what kind of pivotal things happened that made you come to some of these realizations that you have now? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm an open book. I, what happened is that in my probably early mid twenties as a young professional, Like I said, I had great opportunity, but I didn't take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I started climbing up the corporate ladder. It was going great, but I had this sense of this is not it. I want something else. And in that pursuit, I don't think there's anything wrong with, with listening to that tug, but there's good ways to do it. You can do it from a place of maybe curiosity and just wanting to grow. But I make, in my case, it came from a place of entitlement. I deserve more. I'm going to go for more. And this job that I have is not good enough for me. And I'm going to conquer the world. And I don't, it doesn't matter who, whoever gets in my, in my way, I'm going to push them aside. I'm going to go get, you know, what I want. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, I started pursuing a network marketing business and I quit my job. As, as soon as I started having small successes, I quit my job. But like in any business, business, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. It's like a little up and down, good times, bad times. I wasn't prepared for the bad times. I didn't know that, you know, I was supposed to maybe save for, save money before quitting my job or get out of debt before doing that. I had no clue between the difference of credit and debit. And so I founded my whole business with my credit card. I thought I just had access to all of this money and my business will suddenly grow and I'll pay it off, which was not the case. And so I found myself maxing out all of my credit cards, getting into collections. I fell into depression because I've never been exposed to something like that. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I didn't want people to think that I was a failure because I 
declared to the whole world that I'm going to be this millionaire and now I'm broke. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I just was living a lie. I was swiping my card, trying to show to others that I'm doing great and I'm moving forward. But then I would go back home and cry at night. And it reached to the point that because of this, I started alienating all of my friends. My relationship with my family also started going downhill. I, I made like this, this barrier between me and anyone else because I didn't want anyone to know what was going on. I was ashamed, right? And that's something that, that, that I realized that happens with money for some reason when you're not doing as well as you thought you would. There's so much shame attached to it. And that's why you don't ask for help, which is what I didn't do either. I didn't ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, and my rock bottom was when two things happened. One, when... I found myself at the bus stop asking the bus lady if she could take me for free because I didn't have a single dollar in my pocket. And two, not long after that, my fiance broke up with me because I was just so depressed that every time that I was with him, I was just this constant sad story and I was this constant victim of the world's against me. And that ruined that relationship too. So I felt, I literally felt like I had nothing, that I lost everything. And the only thing that I felt I was in control with when I reached reached that point was the money, right? I can't control the relationships. I can't, I asked forgiveness if I treated people wrongly, but you know, you can't, you don't control if people are going to forgive you or not. It might take time, but what I could take control of was my finances. And so little by little, I started learning about this. And I mean, long story short, fast forward three years, things are completely different now. Like uh, I, I mean, we're, we're debt free, we're investing now, we are, we are financially stable, secure, like when a COVID hit, we had no issues when it came to money, because we learned all of these things. I say we now because now I am married to a different man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and it's just completely different. And so I just want to share this. Absolutely. I just want to, to people to understand that there is a better way that you can deal with things. And money doesn't have to be something that that pulls you back. It can actually push you forward. And so that's what I want to teach the world. All right. So let's get into it. I I love all of that. Um, (laughs) So you mentioned that people have, I don't know what to ask you first. So I'd like to ask about the the shame you mentioned with with money, um, that people have shame. What can you tell me more about that? Like, why do you think that is? And, And like, yeah. I mean, the why, I'm not sure. There's okay. just, it's just something about money. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I, yeah. I I think unknowingly, maybe because of the media, maybe because that's the only thing that you can quantify to somewhat measure success or something like that. I'm not sure the reason why. What I have seen is that there's just a lot of shame whenever you're not doing as good as you thought you would. Yeah, I, I wonder- about it. I wonder if it has anything to do with like we think of it as a our value. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, I struggle with that as well. You know, uh, so I really hope to learn a little bit about from you for about debt 
getting debt free because that's huge. I don't know many people who are debt free, especially in your age, in my age range, you know. So how did you go about that? Getting debt free? <laughs> <laughs> well, first it was letting go of the ego, right? Um, you need okay. to do whatever you need to do. Um, you need to do what you have to do. So, so in my case, like I said, I was too big for my job, right? So I quit it because because I'm too good for that. I had to take a step back and, and say, you know what, even though entrepreneurship is a dream of mine, I need to be responsible. I need to pay my bills. Let me get a job. Let me start from the bottom up again, because I've burned bridges. And, and so that's what I did. So, so it does take a little bit of letting go of yourself in a way. Um, also practicing self-compassion. It's like, it's okay. It's a journey. Like when you start having these conversations, when you start being open and genuine about like, you know what, I'm still, I'm struggling with this. I don't have this figured out. People start opening up and sharing like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing either. I'm also struggling a little bit with money mm -hmm. and it's okay. Yeah. Um, so coming from that place of self-compassion, I think that that is very healing for you to take action to to forgive yourself. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because I was speaking with my sister and she tells me just, it's just to make a comparison that sometimes she starts a diet, right? And she starts eating healthy, but then one day suddenly happens, there's a birthday and she breaks, she gets out of that diet and eats cake. And then she feels so bad and just says, you know what, screw it. I'm done with it. I'm just gonna eat whatever I want. And I ruined it already whatever right and something that I've learned is that I mean if you mess up it's okay it doesn't mean that you have to stop just like it's like running a race you tripped you fell it's okay just get back up dust off the the dust dust off your knees and keep going keep moving forward you don't have to cancel all of the effort that you've already done forgive yourself and keep going it's okay so sometimes we fall into this self-hatred in a way. Oh, you suck. You, you should not have done that. You ruined it. And then you cancel all of the good things that you have achieved already. And just practicing that self-compassion is very healing for you to, okay, I can keep moving forward. Let me take another step. doesn't matter if it's huge, if it's small, let me take another step. So those steps regarding finances, they can be as simple as, okay, let me track my income let me track my expenses. Let me see where my money is going and just understanding how I'm spending my money. That already is just one step forward and it's good. It's good enough. As, as you master that, then you can take another step. Okay, let me now set some goals. I want to save some money. Okay, what can I move? I've already tracked my expenses. What can I tweak so that I can save towards this goal? Okay. So then you make little baby steps that can make a big difference. It's way better than just ignoring it, than telling yourself that you can't do it, that you're not good enough, that, that you've messed up too bad, that there's no way to turn it around. Mm -hmm. so, so that's in the emotional side. Those are some things that you can do to get back up from maybe a financial rut like I was in my case. Yeah, that's powerful. That all of that is powerful. You could write a book on it. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> but yes, that is so good. So having self compassion, 
uh, it does help a lot because you're not going to sit, you're not going to be on the ground forever if you have self-compassion, right? You're going to be able mm-hmm. to get up sooner than if you were beating yourself up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Wow. And then, um, so when you're talking about tracking expenses, I thought to myself, there's even resistance there. Like I, myself, I feel resistance. Like I really am scared, like fear, basically fear. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. find that um, people are afraid to really know what they're, what's coming in and what's going out? Yes, yes, it can. It's, it's kind of um, the same feeling you get whenever at school, right? At the end of the semester or at the end of the year, they're giving you your grades and you yeah. kind of are nervous to see when you're about to open it. Like, oh my gosh, did I fail? Did I get, did good? Did I have the, the grades that I thought I was going to? So it's normal to have fear. Um, and I honestly, everyone has fear. And what, what I find empowering is just, I I really believe that one single decision can change the rest of your life. And you just get to decide who do you want to be, right? What are you going to let this fear do to your life? It's a choice of yours. Are you going to be a victim of it? Or you're going to be uh, victorious over it? Because everyone faces fear. Everyone faces fear. And so the people that are courageous, it doesn't mean that they don't experience fear. It's that they take action in spite of fear. So who do you want to be, right? And just answer yourself that question. I want to be courageous. Okay, take this step. Just open the, the account, see what's going on, address it. And more often than not, it's not as bad as you thought it was. Once you put the numbers down and you start seeing it, it's not as scary as you thought it It seems bigger in your head, but when you put it down, mm-hmm. mo- most of the reactions that I've had is like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, this wasn't so, this is not so hard. Okay, it's easier than I thought. So it's like the monster seems bigger when you don't see it. You, you, when you open it, you realize it's just, I don't know, a cat <laughs> or something <laughs> else. It's not, it's it's a cat with a big shadow that makes it look like a monster. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so it can be scary, but sometimes you should, you can also get an accountability partner, someone to do it with you, someone that you can trust. Um, so that, because fear is normal. We all experience it. So yeah, just don't let it paralyze you. It's, it's a decision. Okay, so when you feel that fear and you don't want to even tackle these financial issues, you don't even want to like put your foot into finding out what's going on, then you ask yourself, okay, are you going to let this conquer you? Who do you actually want to be? Is that, I'm going to write that on the wall (laughs) because that is, that's brilliant. So you're actually sort of, am I going to be a, sorry. Am I going to be a victim or I'm going to be victorious over it? I'm going to be victorious. Another thing that I find helpful as well is um, start getting excited about your finances. So that's something that we work on as well, which is crafting out a vision for your life. What is it that you see in your future? What do you want? What's the kind of life you want? And so, for example, oh, in the next 10 years or so, I would love to have my own condo. I would love to start traveling a couple of times a year, whatever that looks like, Mm -hmm. start figuring out how much it costs. 
So that way you can start inviting finances into things that get you excited. And so thinking about money, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that makes you anxious or nervous. It can actually be something that gets you excited. So when you start from there, then you can kind of, so, so to speak, reverse engineer, right? Okay, so if I want to buy this condo, how much money do I need to for a down payment? Okay, I need to save this amount of money for a down payment. Okay, can I save this amount of money? I'm not sure until I figure out how are my finances looking. Okay, let's look at the finances so that I can work towards this dream. So then it becomes this passion project instead of something that you have to do. It's become something that I, I want to do this because I want to achieve these things. I don't want them to just be a dream. I want to actually achieve them. Yeah, I could see that working really well, especially with millennials, because it's the generation that does vision boarding and Pinterest and everything else. And if you just do that and you just dream about what you want and then you try to do it, if you don't have the financial piece, mm -hmm. then it's not going to happen. So it's almost like I can I can see where it's almost like you can pair that financial piece and excitement about finances up with the, the whole vision boarding thing. Yes, yeah? for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's that's how I got my husband into finances. We, I sat down with him. It's like, OK, let's 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 craft out our dream life. We started looking for prices of our dream home. We started like putting down the numbers and. Oh my gosh, I, I, I woken up a monster. Like now he's like so obsessive, yeah. <laughs> obsessed with this subject. He's now more interested in the finances than I am. But because he got excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is he your accountability partner? He's now my accountability partner. Yes. When we first got married, he, I mean, his financial situation, it wasn't horrible, but he, it was something def definitely that he didn't take care of. Mm -hmm. um, he said that since he's married me, he's never had so much money because I, I, I got it. I started taking care of our finances first, but now, now he keeps me in check. I, he used to be the spender. I used to be the saver, but now it's the, the papers, the roles have changed because he's just so passionate about the things that he wants to achieve. Yeah. I heard that somewhere that so in every couple, there's a saver and a spender, mm -hmm. but I guess that you've made it so that you both are doing pretty well. So your, your starting point is pretty, pretty good. Even if you, you spend more, it's still a lot better than most people, I imagine. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better than me. So what do you, do you have any advice for people with loans and student loans and all that kind of debt, how to get out of that? Yeah. I mean, don't see that as a bad thing. Debt is not, I think sometimes there's also shame attached to debt. I know this because it is what I've experienced. I didn't have student loans, but I did have debt and it can, it can just put a big burden on, on you. So sometimes we either don't want to think about it because thinking about it makes us feel bad. Mm -hmm. And so we don't even address it mm -hmm. or work towards getting out of it. And, you know, mm -hmm. so, so, so it's good to understand that debt is not morally wrong. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not bad. Like if you think about it, when you go to the restaurant, and you eat before paying your bill you're basically in debt with the restaurant hmm. until you pay your bill yeah <laughs> right and yes. we don't feel bad about that there's nothing bad it's, it's okay so so understanding that having debt is not morally wrong but 
that can can doesn't let you reach your full potential. Mm-hmm. You can achieve so much more and you can have greater things if you get rid of that debt because you're losing money. And that's why I said, like, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be losing money. I want to be making money. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I would highly encourage people that are in debt to, to create a debt payment plan. There's a lot of information out there regarding ways to pay your debt. The, my favorite one is the snowball method. Um, and, and create a debt payment plan because it's good for you. Not because having the debt is bad. It's not morally wrong, like I said, but it's good for you. It will help you get ahead. And so it will, so, so look at it from that perspective, mm-hmm. not from a shame perspective, but from an encouragement perspective, like it, it, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. If you just get rid of it, you start saving your savings, start becoming faster, start growing faster. That's what we've experienced after we paid off my husband's student loans and his car loan. Mm-hmm our savings just started started growing so much quicker. Why? Because we weren't, we weren't losing money anymore. Absolutely. Uh, the snowball method, is that where you start with putting it towards purchase, like things? Well, tell me what, because I know there's a couple of different ways. Some people say you should put money towards things that have high interest rates. Some yeah. say you should start with the things that are small, the like loans that are the smallest amount. Which one yeah. is that? Which method is the snowball? So the one with the highest interest rate first, that's called the avalanche method. The snowball method is when you work with your debt, smallest to largest, as in the the amount that you owe. And the reason why I personally like that is because I'm very goal-oriented. So you can start having small wins, Mm -hmm. you know? when you start seeing results, you get motivated. You start seeing, oh, oh, wow, this is actually working. Oh, you know, checking off a, uh, an item in your list. Oh, I paid this one off. Mm-hmm. You can have small victories and those small victories keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. Personal finances, as it's been stated in many different places is 20% head knowledge, 80% behavior and emotions. And so I really believe that when you're doing this snowball method, because you're conquering, you're, you're, you're achieving these smaller goals, that motivation helps you to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and it's, it's good to pick one, right? Because either way, you're going to be better off than if you didn't pick one of those methods. But I do yes. like what you're saying as far as rationale for the the snowball method, because I've struggled with deciding which of those methods to use, because mm-hmm. logically to me, logically, it seems like, well, start with the one with the highest interest rate, even if it's really large, and just mm-hmm. try to, to, you know, get that to come down, the value to come down. But it seems like if you're saying that you're 80% about what your feelings and your behavior and your emotions, if that's that's mainly what it is, then we're kind of fooling ourselves if we think we can just drive it by just using logic. That's what it sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I've never really thought unless about unless logic gets you excited. Because yes. there's some numbers people and just yeah. knowing and calculating the maths and how much am I saving if I'm doing it with this method, that gets them excited. So if that gets you excited, go do that one. Right. Gotcha. The intention, the, 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 the thing is you need to be excited and motivated for you to keep going. So whatever gets you excited, go do that. It's yes. not right or wrong. That's it's personal. That's why it's personal finances. Ah, oh, 
good. I see. I did not think of it like that. <laughs> That's a great point. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have to know yourself well enough to know which of those methods work. And, you know, then just, just go for it, right? And just, I guess, stick to it. And that's the other part is sticking to it. How do you advise people yeah. to keep, keep going? I mean, well, you're saying with the, the snowball method, like your small wins are going to be something that help you to keep going because it's going to give you yes. extra, like a boost. Mm -hmm. Oh, it froze. That's going to help. What did, I'm sorry, the, the video froze yes. for a second. What did you say? I'm, I missed it. My audio. I just said yes. That, oh, okay. <laughs> that the that whatever gets you excited whatever gets you motivated go for that and stick to it what i do what i do believe helps you stick through the process because some debts can be bigger and so it might be a long journey mm -hmm. is to give yourself some grace and figure out ways that you can actually enjoy your journey so give yourself permission to enjoy your money. Um, whenever people get into it, that payment method, sometimes we tend to be too hard on ourselves and get laser focused maybe on, okay, I'm going to pay this off, which is great for some people. It, it works, especially if the debt is not that large, but if it's a large debt, it needs to be sustainable. That's why I, I am I am a huge advocate of having a budget. A lot of people don't like the word budget for some reason. You can call it a spending plan. But when you have this budget, this spending plan, make sure that you set aside money for yourself, for you to enjoy, to do the things that you love. If you love clothes, have a clothing budget. Give yourself permission to go out and shop for clothes. If you like to travel, have a travel budget. Set money aside for so you can go and travel, do the things that you enjoy as you keep working towards your goals. And the cool thing about that is that when you set money aside to do the things that you love or to have the things that you love, you remove the guilt out of spending. Sometimes we spend money and then we feel guilty about doing that expense. And that guilt, again, starts putting more negative associations to the concept of money. And so when you remove that guilt and you give yourself that permission in a way it's freeing and you get to enjoy your spending 100% guilt-free. And so now money is actually something that allows you to experience positive emotions, not just bad, negative anxiety, fear, et cetera. Wow. So that is built into your budget is this part that you're going to allocate for things that really make you give you joy. Yes, it's, it's so important. It's so, so important. Some people, they, they don't like to do that for some reason. I don't know. I, I find it hard to understand why you, <laughs> why you wouldn't want to set money aside for you to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But but yes, and give yourself that permission. Sometimes we need people to t someone to tell us, yes, you can spend money in that category. Just plan for it and then spend it. It's okay. Yeah. So yeah, you have that permission. Do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's see. What else did I want to, I wanted to ask you about, what do you think about all these uh, debt payment programs that people go into where you, you pay a company to help you to settle your debt and negotiate your APRs and all that other stuff? I personally, I personally have not worked with or done it myself. 
haven't worked with anyone that's gone through that or yeah. me personally gone down that route. Mm -hmm. If someone can help you, that's great. Um, I do believe that it's important to be mindful of your habits mm -hmm. because this is actually something that got me into a bigger debt. The reason why I maxed out my credit cards is because I uh, refinanced. So I used one bank to pay off my other debt, my credit, a credit card debt. So once I paid off that first credit card debt that freed that credit card, I had free balance again because I refinanced it from a different entity. Mm -hmm. And then I went ahead and got in debt again. So now I have double the debt. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Why? Because my, my habits never changed. My habits never changed. So, so I would just put that word of caution mm -hmm. out there. If you're considering refinancing, then maybe cut off the credit card that you're refinancing so that you don't fall into spending again mm -hmm. in that, um, with that card or, you know, does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah, I, it does make sense. I wonder if there's an argument for doing it yourself rather than having well, you have to be careful who you work with, obviously, yeah. but I could see if you do it yourself, then you can actually dig into things like your behaviors and you can like go through that slow behavioral change that you might not get if it were a quick fix. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I personally don't believe in quick fixes. I, I don't. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, again, personal finances is, is personal. So, you know yourself better than anyone else. If you think that having someone help you might be the break that you need, you can also give yourself that grace, but be mindful, be mindful, be aware that, that as you do that, you also need to be addressing and thinking about your spending behaviors so that you don't fall into the same mistake all over again. Then you'll end up going into this vicious cycle and we don't want that. Absolutely. Uh, so do you work with clients um, for with your do you have an entrepreneurship where you actually bring in clients and you can tell them these different methods and help them out? Well, I'm, I, I have been I have worked with uh, with people when I did this in Spanish, but I, okay. I I've been communicating in English now. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm currently working in a coaching program that hasn't been launched yet, but that's in the making <laughs> all right well we'll keep an eye on that you have a website right yes yeah is it is it your name yes it's vivishank.com i have a couple of free resources there okay i have a free budgeting tool that's the very first budget that i that i used i found when i was working when i was having clients um when i was teaching in spanish that the budgeting tool that i use currently was a little bit overwhelming because it had a lot of categories, it had a lot of, of it just, it was just overwhelming. And so I realized that sometimes we need to take baby steps. And I browsed through my documents and found the very first budget that I ever used, which just has four or five categories. It's super, super simple. And I put that one out there 
for people that just want to get started and they might be a little nervous about the idea, this one is, is pretty simple. This one is the one that I started using and I started getting this reaction of like, oh, okay, this is easy. Yeah, I could definitely do this. So if, if the idea of tracking your finances gets you nervous, you, you might want to check that one out. Oh, okay. And that's on your website. Is that yes, right? it's, it's on my free... website. It's Great. a free resource. Just scroll all the way down to free resources and you can find it there. It says my first budget. Nice. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great resource. And so you said you're, you're working, are you still working with clients who speak Spanish at all or? I'm not, I'm not. No. Ever okay. since I changed in English. Um, yeah. yeah. There's been a, a disconnect, unfortunately, yeah. but I, I, I think it's, it's, it's good. I think it's, mm -hmm this is a way where my husband can be involved too, because he does not understand Spanish. Oh. And so, yeah. so yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to tell people who are listening um, or any ways that you would direct them to get in touch with you if they have further questions? Yeah, um, you can definitely, you can find me on Instagram. I'm most active in that platform. My Instagram handle is vivisheng, that's V-I-V-I-S-C-H-E-N-K. You can also find more information of ways that you can start working with me if you're interested in my website. Mm -hmm. And just encourage people to take care of your finances. Your, your, money, your money can be your ally and you can develop a good and healthy relationship with money. It is possible. I, like I said, I struggled with it. I had no clue of how to use it and money. It did lead me to hit rock bottom and lose a lot of things. So I've definitely had a super negative association to money. Mm -hmm. And if I was able to overcome that and turn it around, anyone can, I truly believe that. Wow. It's amazing. Well, um, if you don't have anything else to add, I will, we can leave it there. And I, I wouldn't mind having you back again, actually, because there's a lot to talk about with this, but I just want to have this be kind of short, simple, and to the point right now. But they, I'd yeah. like to dive into that whole thing where you talked about um, having money be your asset. So maybe we can have a further follow-up podcast on that uh, in, the, in the future if you're up for it. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Okay. I will sign off. This is Jane Smith, and I'm talking with Vivi Shank. That's Vivi, V-I-V-I-S-C-H-E-N-K. K, yes. <laughs> All right. And thanks very much for listening. Bye. Thank you.